You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome out to Elam Christian Center Online. It is so good to have you with us. As Adrian said earlier, so eloquently, especially if it is your first time, it is our honor to host you with us. We consider you part of the family already. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, I'm gonna be preaching today in part two of our Build series. And if you missed part one last week, you missed one of the greatest mornings in our church ever and, and evenings. It was a phenomenal start. Pastor Mike in the morning, Pastor Haley in the evening. That was an incredible start to our Build series. If you missed it, you don't have to have missed out forever. You can go and listen to the podcast. They are available through our Elam Christian Center app and on your podcast app on your phone. Do yourself a favor. Go listen to those later and and go through this whole journey with us in our Build series. But I'll be preaching part two and I just want to get straight into it. Right at the start of the book of Nehemiah, we have this little uh, occurrence where Nehemiah has his brother come and visit him. And while he visits, Nehemiah asks him a question. He says, hey brother, what are the Jews up to who have returned from exile? back to Jerusalem, how are they going? Now, you know when you ask someone how they're going and you're just expecting a, yeah, yeah, good, how about you? But you get an unexpected, really honest answer about how things are not going so well. Well, that's kind of what happens here. His brother says, well, actually, things are not good back in Jerusalem. After almost a century, the walls have still not been built and the people are in a bad way. Remember that the walls and the temple served the purpose of helping people to worship God. They were a place of gathering, a place of unity, a place with alignment of heaven. And so Nehemiah is absolutely heartbroken to hear that because the city still lies in ruins, his people are feeling disoriented, they're disconnected, and they're detached. But his first response is to pray. As Haley so brilliantly covered last week, he weeps and he waits. He cries out to God. That is his first response. And then Nehemiah quotes God to God. He says, God, don't forget your promises to Moses and don't forget your promises to us. But don't breeze over this prayer that he prays because what he prays is really important. He doesn't pray that God would miraculously just regenerate the walls out of nowhere, but he prays for favor as he goes and asks the king for permission to go himself. He says, God, would you give me favor as I step out to do something about it? Nehemiah teaches us that we have to have a foundation of prayer. It is our first response. It is our go-to action. It is, the fa- it is the foundation that we build our faith on. But a foundation is only a platform on which we build upon and building requires action. Let's pick up the story in Nehemiah chapter two from verse one. It says, early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king as wine. That's because he was the cupbearer. He said, I have never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? And with a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it pleases the king and if you are pleased with me, your servant send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. He cries out to God as his first response, but then it's his broken heart for the state of his city that stirs him to action. 
He could see a city that's heart had been turned from God. And while he knew that he needed to pray, he also knew that he needed to be a part of the solution. As Martin Luther puts it, he says, pray as if everything depends on God and yet work as if everything depends on you. Nehemiah's desperation to rebuild the walls dropped him to his knees, but then it raised him to his feet in this profound revelation that without God, it was just a pointless venture, but without action, it would just be a fruitless dream. And so despite the size of the vision, despite the fact that the city was going through famine at the time, despite the aggressive opposition that he would face, right from the start, Nehemiah had a mentality of motion. If he was truly going to see the walls restored and a city turned back to God, it would undoubtedly require prayer, but it would undoubtedly require hard work in the face of opposition. You know, Elam Christian Center exists to be a center of hope, to reach, serve, and influence our community. That is a massive vision, but it's an ever-growing, evolving, and changing, expanding vision. We have seen God do the most phenomenal things in our 35-odd years of a church that could have only come about by prayer. Like we've acquired land for far less than it was worth, offering far less than anyone else was offering. We've had doors swung wide open that should have never been swung open, and we know it was only because it was a move of God because we first went to Him with prayer. And yet we've also grown to have what we have and be who we are because of the thousands of people that have simply put their hand up to say, here I am, Lord, send me. Send me into the rest homes. Send me into the youth and children's program. Send me into the parking lot. Send me to pray for the sick. Send me to preach the word. Send me to invest my wealth. Send me to music lessons so I can help teach worship, lead worship. Send me to clean the bathroom. Send me God to do whatever it takes. So many people saying, send me God. Why? because we too are dedicated to seeing a city turned back to God, a people restored and a nation one for Jesus. We have prayed like everything depends on God and we've also worked like everything depends on us. After Nehemiah leaves the comfort of Persia, he gets to Jerusalem and he scouts out the work that needs to be done. And in chapter three, we read this extensive list, it's really long, of a whole bunch of groups and individuals that contributed towards building the wall. I wanna read some of it to you. There's a bunch of uh, confusing names, but the names are not the point. Keep your eyes open for what's happening here. It says, then Eliashib, the high priests and the other priests started to rebuild at the sheep gate. People from the town of Jericho worked next to them, and beyond them was the Kerr, son of Imri. The fish gate was built by the sons of Hassanah. They laid the beams, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Miramoth, son of Uriah, and grandson of Hakaz, repaired the next section of the wall. Beside him were Meshulam, son of Berechiah, and grandson of Meshezebel, and then Zadok, son of Benah. The old city gate was repaired by Joiada, son of Paseah, and Meshulam, son of Besediah. Next was Ezeel, son of Harahiah, a goldsmith by trade, who also worked on the wall. And beyond him was Hananiah, a manufacturer of perfumes. Can you see what I'm seeing here? I'm seeing a whole bunch of different people that found their own place in the call of God. Different people that took ownership for their part in the vision. Each person using the individual skill sets to make a difference. All from different tribes, different regions, different backgrounds and trainings. They all chipped away brick by brick, day by day, but they weren't just building a wall. They were turning a city back to God. They prayed, but they were also willing to take action. 
And I need you to know this morning that a city can be won back to God, but it won't be won back just because of a handful of big breakthrough moments. Those are important, those are significant, but actually it's the thousands of little moments every day and every week that make a difference. It's the thousands of people who call Elam home that have committed themselves to inching forward that we might be a people in a church that could see our city turn back to God. I was uh, out in the garden the other day, pulling some weeds out and tidying it up a little bit. I'm a domesticated man. I was out there doing the hard yards and the blistering heat, sweat on my brow. And as I was out there, I noticed this creepy little creature that looked like a centipede. I don't know if we actually have those in New Zealand, but it looked like it. There was like a hundred legs and it was wiggling its way along the ground. And I was fascinated as all the little legs worked in unison to inch this creature forward. It was amazing to see every little leg doing its own little part. Now, if that thing only had like 10 of its legs, it would have been like beached like a whale. It wouldn't have gone anywhere. It would have been beached as. But it was every incremental little moment that every leg was taking that that allowed the creature to move forward. It's like every leg had a mentality of motion. No one leg needed to do all the work, and yet every leg needed to do the work that was required of it. It's been said like this. No one can do everything, and yet everyone can do something. I wonder if the Elam version of that passage of scripture that I just read out earlier might sound a little something like this. And those from Northland served the city of Whangarei. And those in the city reached out to the apartments. And those who were in the west were next to them. And those who had a prophetic gift used words of encouragement. And those who could play an instrument helped lead us in worship. And those who were hospitable had people in their homes. And those that were good with money invested extra finance for expansion. And those who were good with details and technology worked behind the scenes. But all the people stepped out in faith. And Everyone looked for opportunities to be generous and everyone leans in to the leading of the Holy Spirit, a mentality of motion. Everyone inching, everyone moving, everyone journeying together. Why? Because we're building something in Auckland and Whangarei that would see our cities turn back to God, a mentality of motion. And when we approach life with that mentality of motion, what we find is that we're able to find new ways to move forward. We overcome the challenges that come our way and we have a greater impact on those around us. And I wanna share just three quick keys for us this morning that would help each of us in every sphere of our life have a mentality of motion. And here's the first one, it's in your notes there. A mentality of motion starts with action. Now I know it's a mentality but so many of our mentalities need to be activated by doing something physical. And in order for you to step forward, to grow and to mature, you're gonna have to take that next step that lays right in front of you. See, after seeing a city laying in ruins, the first thing that Nehemiah does is he prays. But then he goes to the king and he asks if he can go and do something about it. Now, although Nehemiah was just a cupbearer, it's likely that this was a job he was familiar with. He probably worked in a beautiful palace, got paid, his friends were there, but yet God gives him a glimpse of what his life could be used for. It would have been way easier for Nehemiah from the comfort of what he knew just to pray for breakthrough from afar. But a mentality of motion requires practical activation. And so he got up to do something about it. He left Persia, he makes his way to Jerusalem, he scouts out what work needs to be done and then he's stirred and he starts preaching with vision and the people are stirred and they get on board to help with the work. 52 days later, the work is complete. Now Nehemiah, when asking the king for permission, he didn't know that the king was gonna give him all the building materials that he needed. He didn't know that the king was gonna give him protection for his journey, but he also didn't know that he was gonna face massive opposition when rebuilding the walls. He didn't know every detail, 
He hadn't planned out every step, and yet he was brave enough to take the very next step that was in front of him. You know, when Darcy and I were engaged, she was still in America planning to move to New Zealand, and yes, we had met for real. I knew she was coming. It was a promise. Um, And she knew that coming to New Zealand was going to be difficult because she didn't have a job. What was she going to do? She felt called to work for the church and dedicate her life to building the local church. I could see it on her life. She knew what was on her life. The problem was there just weren't any positions at church that we were staffing for at the time. So Darcy didn't know how all of that was going to work out, but she knew she needed to take her next step. And so she booked her flights and she packed her bags. Well, about a week after Darcy booked her flights, Pastor Luke calls me into his office. Yes, I was a bit scared. I didn't know what it was going to be about. But as he calls me in, he didn't know that Darcy had booked her flights a week before, and he asked if Darcy and I would step up to be the new youth pastors here at our Botany campus, which came with a staff position for Darcy. I couldn't believe the goodness of God. I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. I couldn't wait to run out of that office, call Darcy, and let her know. Darcy simply had to take the next step that was in front of her and trust God in the process. Man, it would have been so scary to move countries, although the prize was quite considerable. She would have had to get really uncomfortable, but she knew it was a step in the right direction. The activation of her calling lay right there in her very next step. And if God had shown Nehemiah the full extent of the opposition that he might have faced, he might not have gone in the first place. But no matter how hard your next step is, It is still the easiest one that you've got and the only one that God is asking you to take. Come on, if you feel called to public evangelism, would you start by sharing your God story with someone in your small group? If you feel called to preach the word, would you start by discipling one person really well so that you can understand the value of one before you try to speak to many? If you would like to own your own home one day, but it hasn't become a reality, could you start by being really faithful with what God has placed in your hands, no matter how small it is? Maybe you want to lead a business one day, be a manager, lead a team at church, or step up to be a pastor in the future. Could you start by stepping up to lead a small group? If you know that your life has been created for significance, and I hope that you know that this morning, but you're just not sure what it looks like, then you need to sign up for Growth Track. Begin that journey to discover your purpose but let's take it further. Maybe you want a healthier home. That's great. I want that for you too, but maybe you need to sign up to do a parenting course. Maybe you want a stronger foundation in your faith. Sign up to our online alpha course. If you need professional counseling or therapy, go and book an appointment for the sake of your family and your calling because momentum is gonna build in your life and build for us together as a church when we're all inching forward, when we're a mobilized people all working on our part of the wall. Building the wall is a big job. But even big jobs are only completed one day at a time. It is time. You. I'm talking to you. Every single person watching, it is time. It is time to take your next step. To take ownership and action over the life that God has given you. Yes, we have to pray, but we also have to take action. I'm not sure if you've ever tried to punch a punching bag (laughs) with with boxing gloves on. The first time I tried it, I was shocked. Those things are hard. I expected to send that thing flying with my very first hit, but I came in, all guns blazing, hit that punching bag, boom, and I was like, oh, my little wimpy wrist. And so I went again, boom, oh. I was like, this is the point where it's easy to give up. The punching bag's faulty. It's not moving when I hit it. This is the point where it's easy to give up, but keep on going. I punch it again, 
little wiggle, punch it again, a little bit of movement, and then bang, bang, bang. And before you know it, that punching bag is swinging and you boxing, baby. It starts hard. It starts tough, but you've just got to keep on going and the momentum will build. Galatians 6, 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. A mentality emotion tells me I have to move when it's easier to stay still. The other day I turned up to rugby training for the first time in about six months. It smashed me. I was wrecked. But I came back the next week for training number two. It smashed me. I was wrecked again. But when I came back for training number three, while it was hard, it wasn't as hard as the first two. And that's the beauty about being a person in motion. What was difficult yesterday slowly becomes easier today. And every single championship winning team has all started with that first training of the season that absolutely smashed them. But it was that step that started their road to victory. A mentality of motion has to be activated by taking action. Second key for us this morning is a mentality of motion expects opposition. When Nehemiah and his crew step out to begin rebuilding the wall, they immediately face opposition. Some of the other governors start ridiculing them. They're like, who do these guys think they are? Do they really think they can do anything significant? When you have a mentality of motion though, you expect opposition, but you're prepared with your response. And I love how he responded in chapter six, verse nine. Nehemiah said, they were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. A mentality of motion knows that visionless people will never understand the work of vision led people. What you've been called to in your life and what we've been called to do as a church isn't always gonna make sense to everyone around us, but that's okay. It doesn't have to. In the face of opposition, Nehemiah's resolve was to work with even greater determination. And as you step out from your foundation of faith to finally take action and do something about it, can I remind you that if God is for you, who could be against you? Now, don't get that wrong. That's a rhetorical question. Things will come against you. There will be weapons that will rise up, but no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know, I get so confused and frustrated if I'm to be honest when I'm on Facebook and I see people comment things like ah the church is all about money the church should lose its tax exemption status and I'm sitting I'm like what I'm losing the plot I'm like Frosty calm right down I gotta dig extra deep to find extra levels of grace for that attitude because these people obviously don't understand that the church is the heartbeat of our community it is the life source of our community raising up agents of hope in an otherwise hurting world in New Zealand, volunteering contributes around $6 billion to our economy every single year. And I know that's not only the church, but the church is still out there feeding the hungry, housing the homeless, caring for the brokenhearted, running support groups for mums, dads, kids, youth and the elderly. We create environments where people are set free from addiction, bondage, depression and helplessness. And all that the church does to meet the physical needs of people in our community is amazing, but it's not even our strong arm. It's not even our main thing, but it should always be a part of what we do. 
but it's beautiful, healthy, biblical community that sees people come alive in Jesus, breaking away from the bondage of their past with Holy Spirit-led vision for their life. That's what a hurting community needs more than anything else. I dream of the day that Elam Christian Centre is the first place that comes to mind when people think of passionate and fruitful youth ministry with dedicated, passionate leaders that are actually making a difference in young people's lives. I dream of the day that the police are looking at us saying, what is it that you're doing? And what is it that you're teaching that allows people to rise up from the challenges of their past and push forward into the promises of their future? I dream of the day when people in our community don't look at what we're doing here as taboo, as weird, as religious, but they know that when they're lacking in hope, oh, they gotta get into our buildings and around our people. For we are a center of hope, a lighthouse on a hill and the heartbeat of a city. Opposition to you stepping out and up into the things of God is not a sign that you should stop or slow down. Seeing a city turn back to God is gonna come with opposition, but we serve a God who is on our side. He is a God who makes a way. Opposition may mean sometimes we need to have a slower season, but it should never be a stagnant season. Brick by brick, step by step, moment of obedience followed by moment of obedience, we will see our cities turn back to God. A mentality of motion expects opposition, but we're prepared with our response. And this morning, could we be like Nehemiah, who in the face of opposition, his resolve was to work with even greater determination. Third key for us this morning, and our final one, is that a mentality of motion needs direction. When building your life the way that God intended, it isn't just motion that's important, it's motion in the right direction that matters. You're probably like me, you've observed this before, you can see around you, maybe it's you, people become, become so busy, they're engaged, they're connected, and yet it still feels like life's just going around in circles. Our lives are meant to look different. We're unique, we're created that way. Your life's gonna look different from the person next to you in your family, that person next to you in your watch party, or those you find yourself sitting next to in church, and yet together we find strength in our unity and oneness of vision. I love this amazing illustration that I've heard Pastor Mike Griffith share about a bunch of oxen in a field. Now an ox is a powerful beast. It has a bunch of energy, it has huge potential, but a bunch of oxen wandering aimlessly in a field doesn't achieve much and has no impact on the land. But when harnessed and given direction and purpose, a group of oxen can achieve amazing things. When you place a wooden yoke over them while they still have to work hard and do their part, all of a sudden, they're going in the same direction. They can plow the land, they're fruitful in their labor, and they get the joy of doing it alongside their oxen mates. A mentality of motion needs a unified sense of direction. When you step out and you press into the things of God, our whole city benefits. When you become a better husband, a better wife, a better parent, the city you're in benefits. When you step up to serve in the dream team, whether you're serving in Whangarei, in Auckland, or our online campus, the city and the place you are becomes better off. But don't lose sight of where we're going. We're not trying to gather a crowd. We're not developing facilities. We're not just running programs or singing songs. We are building something in our cities that would help our cities turn back to God. We're building centers of hope that would reach, serve, and influence our community. You know, when you jump ahead in the book of Nehemiah, after all of this rebuilding has taken place and the rebuilding is complete, in chapter eight and nine, you begin to read an amazing account of something that's going on. In chapter eight, the people are gathered together inside the city walls near one of the gates that they've just rebuilt. 
and restored. And Ezra's there, he's a scribe, he's reading God's word. He's reading scripture from morning until noon every day and the people are sitting there and they're weeping as they're listening to the word of God. They bow down worshiping God with their face to the ground. And in chapter nine, the Israelites, they begin confessing their sins and the sins of their ancestors. Their hearts are being turned back to God. They start praising God for all the amazing things that He's done in their ancestors' world. He's like, they're like, you've made the earth and the seas and everything in them. You gave Abraham descendants just as you promised God. You're amazing. You opened up the Red Sea so that our people could pass through and escape the sword of the Egyptians. You came down from Mount Sinai and you spoke from heaven. You gave bread from heaven to sustain people. And the list goes on and on and on. They're praising God. And then the people come together and they make this powerful oath to follow God and His instructions. It's a people restored. Worship returned to the city, a city turned back to God. You know, we learn from Nehemiah that in order to build, yeah, of course we have to pray, but we also have to have a mentality of motion, one that starts by taking action, one that expects opposition, and one that needs direction. And so this morning, what is it for you? What has God shown you about your life? How might He use you to impact our cities and our nation? Because this could just be another one of those messages that you hear today and you forget tomorrow, but maybe you know like I know that God is nudging you. He's saying, it's time. It's time to take a step. It's time to get uncomfortable. It's time to step out and take a hold of the life I've given you. And would you be like Nehemiah who not only prayed, but also stepped up to do something about it? This is crunch time. This is where the rubber hits the road. This is where you activate your mentality of motion by actually doing something about it. You know, there are so many different things that might be your next step. There's hundreds. It's unlimited. But the main thing here is that you take one. Don't get worked up trying to make sure you take exactly the right next step. What is God saying? Where is the opportunity? How might you lean forward? Go for it. Take a step today and activate your mentality of motion. In just a moment, there's going to be a link come up in the chat. And that link's going to take you to an online Connect card. If you're watching on our online platform, you might see the Connect tab at the top as well. Both are going to take you to the same place. In just a moment, not now, keep listening. In just a moment, you need to click that. And I know that you know that you need to because God's already been highlighting to you what your next step is. And we've got a bunch of different ways that we can help you take a next step. But can I speak to people whose next step you know it's actually something separate? from the ministry of the church. Maybe your next step is going and asking for forgiveness from your spouse. Maybe your next step is reaching out to a child you haven't spoken to in many years. Your next step might be a bunch of different things. But if it's separate from the ministry of the church, would you just include a prayer request? We would so love to pray for you during the week as you step out to take that next step and activate your mentality of motion. But here at Elon, we can help you with a bunch of things. If you wanna find freedom for your journey, you need to sign up to a small group today. If you wanna discover why God made you, how you're designed, why you're different and why that matters, then signing up to Growth Track is a really good next step for you. If you want a stronger foundation in your faith, sign up to Alpha. If you haven't joined us yet on 21 days of prayer, I don't care that we're a weekend, just join us and do 14 days of prayer. Every day of prayer matters. If you've been a Christian for any length of time and you haven't got baptized, getting baptized in water is your absolute next step. Make a declaration of, of your faith in boldness. For some people here, you haven't started tithing. Maybe you need to cross the line to the point where you trust God with every part of your life. 
Maybe you need personalized ministry with someone from our team. Or, you know, I just need to get back involved in the dream team again today. In a few moments when we finish our service, click that link, click that connect button and make sure you're taking a next step. If you're in a watch party, let someone know. I know you might not be on your phone right now, but let the host know, let someone you came with know so they can help keep you accountable because that's for your benefit that you take another step. A life of purpose is made up of hundreds of little steps. And yet it's so important that we start with the most significant one. And the most significant step that you could take is one where you step away from living life on your terms towards living a life on God's terms. It's a step towards Jesus. It's a step out of darkness and into light. A step out of guilt and into forgiveness. Out of bondage into freedom. It's a step towards a brand new life that God has for you. It's a step out of confusion and into purpose. It's a step from death to life. And in just a moment, I would love to lead you in a prayer that would change your life and your eternity forever. If you're saying, oh, I need to get my life right with God, here's the greatest news you'll ever hear. There's nothing that you can do, but it's a free gift offered to you by God's grace. Exactly as you are, exactly where you are, despite where you've been and what you've done, God loves you. He wants you to be close to Him. That's His greatest desire. He cares far more for knowing you than what you do. And in a moment, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. This is the first step like Nehemiah. He prayed the prayer and then he took action. And if you wanna get your life right with Jesus, I invite you to pray this prayer. I'll pray it out loud, but you make it your own. I'll lead you, but this is your prayer to God. Let's pray. Say, dear God, I want my life to be right with you. I wanna know the God who made me and I ask right now for your forgiveness of my sin. I thank you, God, that you forgive me of my past. You give me brand new life right now and the promise of eternity in heaven with you. I turn from my old life. I take that significant step. I believe you sent your son Jesus to the cross to die for me so that that punishment would be taken by him and not me so that I could walk in freedom today. This moment, I give my whole life to you holding nothing back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, that's amazing. God's promise for you is that the old has gone and the new has come. Your life has been made brand new. He's gonna lead you and guide you. But you gotta do one more thing because just like Nehemiah, his first response was to pray just like you did right now. But the next thing is you gotta take action. And coming up in the chat right now is a link or a button saying, I committed my life to Jesus, count me in. Click that link right now. Let us know that you gave your life to Jesus. We would love to help you. We're not gonna bombard you with emails, but take that step of faith. You're saying, that's me. I prayed that prayer. I got my life right with Jesus today. This is the greatest step that you could ever take. We're so proud of you for taking it. And our heart and our hope is being to help you, to support you. Come on, is God speaking to you right now? There we go. Someone said yes to Jesus. Is there anyone else? You're saying, if I'm to be honest, I'm here at church. I'm watching online. God's been nudging me, but maybe I need to take a step of faith and push the button. Now look, it's not the button that changes your life. Jesus has already changed your life. But by making a physical move where you click a button, it's kind of like a little step of faith where you're saying, God, here I am. Send me, count me in, restore my life, do something fresh in my world. If you haven't clicked that button yet, do it right now. Don't delay. Have a mentality of motion where you click that. I wanna pray right now for every person who has prayed that prayer, who has clicked that button, whether they've clicked the button or not, we know that God is changing lives. And come on, church, would we all agree with this? Would we all join in prayer for those that made that decision today? Father God, I thank you.
that your goodness is for us. It chases us. It never gives up on us. And you meet us right where we're at. I'm praying, God, I know there's at least two, maybe more coming. We've clicked the button who prayed their prayer that are saying, yes, Jesus, count me in today. I pray, God, that you give them a great sense of your closeness in their world. Bring the right people around them and remind them that they are dearly loved and they have an exciting future ahead. We thank you for your goodness and your grace in their life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.